0: Higher and higher. Ha, ah, we don't want wave after wave. We want we want it deeper. Ha ah, come on now. Get in past your ankles. It's nice. It ain't cold. It's nice. Keep walking in. Woo. It's just the beginning. Oh, what he has in store for you when you get to your knees. Woo, you're thinking it's just starting to get good. Oh, but glory to God. Come on up to your waist. Oh, what He has in store for you. <laughs> don't let it go to waste. Oh, uh-uh. Ooh, he'll fill you up time and time again. Oh, yes, Lord. You won't even have to go to a refilling station. It's not like gas. You don't run out. No, 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 no. Ah, No, 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 no. Keep getting deeper. Oh, Lord, we want deeper. Yes, Lord, we want deeper. Holy Spirit, draw us in deeper. Oh, we want all that you have for us. Oh, it's just the beginning. Oh, it's just the beginning point. Oh, it's who you are. Mmm, those problems, that weariness. Uh-uh. No more. No more, because when you start at the starting place of resurrection life, yeah, victorious is there. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we serve Ooh, we serve you, Lord. We glorify you, God, in this place. Not just in this house that we come together, but outside those doors, down those steps, and into the atmosphere of city of Meridian and Boise and Star and Emmett and Caldwell and Nampa and every other city in this Treasure Valley, gangbangers, right now. Enemy, I bind you over the lies and deceptions you have over their lives throughout this valley. Remove, remove the blinders and the scales that you have over their eyes right now. And Holy Spirit, do what you do. Draw them to the Father. Draw them to the house of the Lord, where the truth shall set them free. <laughs> Woo! Send laborers. Send laborers to sow the seed. Send laborers to sow the seed. Ha 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 ha! No more drive-bys with rounds, but drive-bys with the word. Glory to God! Healings come. Drug addicts, healings coming. The church is getting activated. <laughs> Oh, Holy Spirit, bring boldness into this. Bring boldness into every single person that's in this building, that calls this home. Holy Spirit, ooh, yeah. Fill up the boldness of the churches of this valley. Fill up the boldness of the churches of this valley into the pulpits of this valley. Oh, Resurrection life. Ooh throughout this valley glory to god hmm thank you Jesus ooh we all agree on that amen amen why don't we take a seat glory to god glory ooh ooh thank you Jesus Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't need anything holding me down. Amen. How's everyone doing tonight? Awesome. Praise God. You know how you you guys want to learn a word tonight? That, that means awesome? Kawah. Everyone say kwa. That's awesome in Ugandan. It's about one of the only words I know. <laughs> Fluently, anyways. Hey, there, there's a word that's, um, that we're going to hear tonight. As you came in, you probably saw some, um, I learned a word also tonight from this, late this afternoon from Rachel. I had to explain it to her. I couldn't even text it to her because I didn't know what it was called. But Burlap. There's, there's some burlap squares that were placed on your seat. And so as I called her, I said, hey, I'm sorry I had to call you. I couldn't text you because I didn't know the word for it. Um, those are on your seats for a reason. Um, so, so keep a hold of them. I've prayed over them. Um, we've placed them in your seats. And uh, when we get to the point in the service, um, you'll know exactly what to do. Holy Spirit's, Holy Spirit's here tonight. We give them glory. Jesus is here tonight. Glory to God. Woo. Hmm. Well, we're, we're... This is good up here. I feel sorry. I mean, I don't know what it's like out there, but up here, it's real good. And uh, so we're going to open up in prayer real quick. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this opportunity that Pastor Mark has given me tonight to speak your word. Let your anointing come out of my mouth upon every ear and spirit that sits here. Holy Spirit, draw on everybody to closer to the Father tonight. As everybody walked in tonight, Holy Spirit, and by the time everybody walks out of here, they will be changed, renewed, refreshed, with brand new eyes. <laughs> Not renewed vision, but brand new vision. Ha <laughs> A freedom. Holy Spirit, you know exactly what each person needs here tonight from this message. And if I don't say it right, you're the, you are the great, glorious, gracious translator that by the time it hits their ears, it will be said perfectly. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, hey, we're, we're going we're gonna to get to it. This is when the microphone's a little tough. Or I need bigger, or I need bigger hands. Why don't we open up to uh, John chapter 11. We're going to talk about probably one of my favorite stories in the Bible. And as I continue to study this out and I continue to study this out, I realize that, that one could probably sit on this teaching, Who man, probably for several, several months. There's so much good stuff within this story. So I'm going to start out in verse 1, and I'm going to read a bit, and I'm going to teach a bit. I'm going to read a bit, and I'm going to teach a bit. Amen? Now, as of right now, you guys don't have to worry, Regan, you don't have to worry about me flying over Jillian and, and praying for you right now. All right? Taylor, you might have to wherever you're at. Now, a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment, and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. And in verse 3, we get down to a point where the sisters sent for him. You know, and, 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 I, and as I read the Bible, I kind of take everything very personal. I try to put myself in their shoes or their sandals, so to speak. Um, I, I've never actually thought about myself in, in clothing that women would wear back then. Thank God, I've never thought of that. Um, kind of funny, though. So as we get down to verse 3, the sisters sent for him. Now, if your brother or your wife fell ill and was dying, what would you, what would you write to the Lord? Because you know him. He's friends with you. You grew up with him. You played with him. Um, you know him. What would that letter say? to the courier that's taking the message to Jesus. Hey, Jesus, my my brother fell ill. Hey, Jesus, my wife is sick. I love her. I love her to death. She's the one that you gifted me with. I don't know what I would do without her, Lord. Yeah, take that to him. I don't think that's good enough. So I write another one. And I write another one. And I can't, every time I get to that point, I'm just like, It's just not even explaining enough how much I love my wife and how much she means to me. And as as I read this story, that's what comes to my mind about Mary and Martha. I wonder how many hard rock tablets they chiseled before they got the right message that needed to get to Jesus. Or is it the other way around? That Mary and Martha knew Jesus. They grew up with him. They knew him so well because they spent so much time with him. So they knew exactly what to say. How much time are we spending with the Lord to know exactly what to say when someone falls ill? Or are we taking a guessing game? And what I mean by a guessing game is we're writing to Jesus, we're praying to Jesus from our perspective. From our perspective. But this is what Mary and Martha Martha said in verse 3. So they sent to him saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. Not who I love. Or Jesus, my wife who I love. Nope. They knew exactly how to get at Jesus. They knew exactly how to milk him, so to speak. I always say that to my kids. I'm like, well, man, you're being really nice to me. What are you milking me for? He said, whom you love is ill. Now remember that whom he loved. But when Jesus heard that, he said, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the son of God may be glorified through it. Now now I don't I don't I don't read that and I don't perceive that as it was a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom. I don't, I don't read into that as that. He just said, oh, this illness is not going to lead to death. Now, how could Jesus already know that it wasn't going to lead to death? Well, Pastor Bill, because that's a word of knowledge. Mm, no, no, no. Because that's not how he said it. You know, I, I, was, just, I was just sharing with Pastor this last week. Um, before we went to Africa, there was somebody in our group that had not, not been baptized in the Holy Spirit yet. And um, there were a couple times in our Sunday night prayers where I was like, man, we should do this. And I just kept getting a check. And then, and then Jen says, hey, we should, we should just all lay hands on him, and there's no way he couldn't get baptized. And I remembered a, a testimony, because pastor's not a testimony hoarder, because he listens to his wife, and, uh, <laughs> and that is wisdom. And so I remember this testimony where Pastor Mark said, about this one guy, hadn't spoken in tongues, and they were going on a, on a trip to South America? Central America. And uh, he's, the, the, the man comes up to him and says, hey, I, I, don't, I don't speak in tongues. And pastor says, hey, don't worry about it. It will happen right when we get down there. And it did. It happened right down there, I think, in the first prayer meeting, in the very first prayer meeting. And so remembering this, I said in faith to Jen, It's going to happen in Africa. Don't even worry about it. And I never worried about it again. So we get to Africa, and this this young man is uh, praying for a a woman, and he stands in front of her, and he's praying. He's like, I have no clue what to say. I don't know how to. I don't know what to do. And he says, right when he said that, he goes, Holy Spirit, help me. And he said, all of a sudden, he just starts speaking in tongues. And he goes, and then all of a sudden she was healed. Amen. Amen. I believe just as Pastor had happened on his trip, and I spoke in faith from the testimony he shared, Jesus was speaking in faith because he knew who his father is. Not who his father was. Father ain't past tense. Who his father is. Who his father is. He, he knows who. His daddy is. And when you know who your daddy is and you know who you are in the daddy, you can start saying things in faith. Amen? And so Jesus Jesus says, no, 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 no. Check it out. It's not going to lead to death. God's going to get some glory out of this. My, my daddy's going to get glorified out of this so that all the, all the Pharisees can go, oh, what's going on? This man must be who he says he is. Amen? Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Now, see, that, that blows my mind away, too. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. See, this, I, I want you guys to learn this in case, and those of you that already do it, God bless you. Now, Jesus loved Bill. That's how I read it. He loves me. He loves you. Isn't that amazing that, that he loved Martha and Mary and Lazarus? It might as well say your name in there. It might as well just say your name in there. I thought about writing my name in there, and there just wasn't enough room in between. I can't write small enough. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he st- I love this too. When he heard that Lazarus was ill, his friend... Jesus just said, hey, chill out. I'm going to stay two more days. I like where I'm at. I like this place. I'm going to stay where I'm at. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let's go to Judea. Hey, hey, disciples, let's go to Judea. I think that's the next place I need to go. I need to go minister. I need to go do the will of the Father. That's what I'm here for. I'm here to do my Father's business. And then then it gets more interesting. The disciples said to him, "Whoa, whoa, 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 Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you, and you're going there again? I mean, God bless the disciples. I mean, that's us. God bless us. And I say that in a very southern way. God bless us. For they just loved him. They were just watching out for him. And Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in a day? If anyone who walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. Guys, that verse is, again, I could teach verse by verse through this. The this, this story blows my mind. He's saying, don't worry about walking at night. Don't even worry about it you have the light of God in you. And when you have the light of God in you, do you need to worry about where you go? You know, we, we have Pastor Joe who goes over to the area of, of uh, United Arab of Emirates, uh, the UAB. Not a fun place to be, just being honest. Um, it's hot. <laughs> and during the month of, I'm going to butcher this, of June is... Ramadan, I say that correctly? I don't want to offend anybody. And it's a, it's a, You go there in Ramadan and it is a very oppressive, oppressive, oppressive place to be. And so I sit back and go, Pastor Joe's got the light of God in him. Pastor Joe, you ain't got nothing to worry about, brother. And he knows that. I'm not preaching to him. I've had people say, well, aren't you worried about going to Africa and the jungles of Africa and never coming back? Nope. It's never even actually crossed my mind. Thanks for talking to me about it. <laughs> Big help. Love, Christians. <laughs> we don't watch what we say to each other. I didn't mean that's just That's free right there. When you got the light of God in you, you don't need to worry about where you go and where you travel because he told you to go. Jesus understood that in this passage, and he's trying to teach His blessed disciples, bless their hearts. Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he's fallen asleep, he'll recover. Don't worry about it, Jesus. And uh, Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that he meant taking rest. Bless their hearts again. But they thought that he meant taking a rest. Then in verse 14, Jesus told them plainly, this is what I like. This gets me a picture, a little bit about Jesus. If you can start, if, you, if we can start reading into things like this, and you start reading this. So Jesus has told him, hey, Lazarus fell asleep. Don't worry about it, he fell asleep. He's talking, he died. And the disciples are like, well, if he fell asleep, uh, we don't need to go. And we won't get stoned to death. And you know, one of the disciples was like, and I won't have to betray you either. Like, it's way too soon for that. I won't have to deny you. <clears throat> Jesus told them plainly, this may get in your grill a little bit. Lazarus, it'd be like this. Wade, come here. I can't help it. <laughs> the reason I pick Wade is because we're really good friends and I know he won't be offended. <laughs> hey, man, Lazarus, Lazarus fell asleep. And, and Wade's like, well, we don't need to go. Finally, Jesus says it this way. Dude, are you that dumb? (laughs) How long have you been with me? You're still not getting it. He's dead. Do you get it now? Way to go, McFly. (laughs) You know, I mean, that's, again, Jesus spoke plainly, finally. He hung out with fishermen. He finally spoke plainly to them, and they're like, oh, I get it. Well, all but one. And I'm not going to tell you my last name if you're you're visiting here. So Jesus said, Lazarus has died, and for your sake, I am glad that I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. And here it is. So Thomas. Let's just skip through that. Called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go. That we may die with him. Like, again, it just blows my mind. Like, I sit back and, you know, I'm not, like, super intelligent. I'm pretty bright, but not, like, rocket scientist bright. And I think, I don't think I would ever think of anything that Jesus said to me and go, yeah, let's go die. I'm in. Especially when Jesus said, hey, he's dead. He's going to rise again. Let's go. Thank you, Thomas. I wonder what his twin, how smart his twin was. (laughs) So down in 17, now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Now just a quick count on that, the Jewish belief system believed that at three days, after three days, the spirit actually left the body and was gone. So up to three days, if people got raised from the dead, up to three days, the the Jewish belief system was, well, you didn't really raise them from the dead. Because the spirit was still in the tomb. It was still uh, like above them hovering, so to speak. That's the kind of... Pastor Bill analogy I can give you. Um, and so he'd been there for four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews, now that, now that's an interesting, I didn't, thank you, Jesus, I didn't see that before. Two Americans across the entire world, if anybody ever hears this outside of Life Church, because we're all amazing and, and we live in a great city where we go exercise every day because the weather's awesome, besides the wintertime. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off. And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them. People actually walked two miles to console people. And the disciples and Jesus were walking as well. Exercise. You know, it's funny, when Jesus tells us to do something, sometimes we're we're disobedient because we're unsure if it's us. We're, We're unsure. Hey, is that just me? And guess what all we have to do? Click, pump the gas... Put it in drive. We don't even have to walk two miles. You may have to walk from the curb to the front door to talk to the person he's told you to go talk to. That's, that was free too. And many of the Jews went there to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, when Martha had heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. Now this is, this is I love this. But Mary remained seated in the house. Now remember, this is the same sisters that Mary remained at Jesus' feet and anointed his, his feet with oil and her hair while Martha was working her tail off in the kitchen to prepare supper. And Martha was upset that Mary was just sitting there. And Jesus like, she knows what's good for her. She knows. But Martha went to go see him, and Mary remained seated in the home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, God bless her. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Now, again, this is how I read it. It sounds like Martha's throwing a little bit of a temper tantrum. Now, this is when she starts reminding me of like uh, the Brady Bunch. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Oh, Martha, Martha, Martha. Martha. So she goes to Jesus, like the Messiah, and is like, if you would have just been here, my brother would be alive. Whoa. Thank God for relationships. She knew him. Let's not forget that. It wasn't just like some random Jesus Messiah that the person didn't know Jesus. She knew him. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Verse 22, but even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Now she comes back around her senses. Got her first little initial tantrum out. In verse 23, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Mm. Your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again. In the resurrection on the last day, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. Now, guys, I want you to, I want you to get this. Life, when we talk about life, even in, in the present day, if I talk about life, this dog that I have, I don't have one. Thank you. Jesus for right now. This dog has life. It's breathing. It has life. But soon that life is going to die. It's going to die. It's that's part of life, right? It's living. It's a living organism. It's going to die. This this right here changes things for us as, as, as what I call Christ ends. However, he's the resurrection. Now that now that's a serious word of wisdom. He's the resurrection. See, the resurrection, whew, the resurrection gives us overcoming strength. To overcome death. To overcome sickness. To overcome our circumstances. To overcome the way we think. To overcome the sin that, that we have allowed to, to attach to us. No, I don't just have life in Jesus Christ. I have resurrection life. Uh, My body, this tent, it's going to pass away. I have resurrection life. I'm living forever in glory at Pebble Beach probably. (laughs) That will be the first golf links I go to. And me and God are going to play golf. And he's going to get probably 18 and I'm going to score 100 and something. I mean, could you imagine how boring, I wonder if God plays golf now that I think about it, how boring that is. Hole in one every time? Yeah, God probably doesn't play golf. He probably did. And then he went, well, this is simple. He's my daddy. I can talk to him. He talks to me like that. So I need you to understand that. God wants you to understand that. The Holy Spirit wants you to understand that tonight. You don't just have life. When you came into the body of Christ, He didn't just give you life. He didn't just give you life. He gave you resurrection life. He gave you power. He gave you a new starting point. When you have problems, when you have, when you have things going on in your life, we have a new starting point, guys. It's called resurrection life. It's called resurrection power the same power that lifted Jesus Christ from the grave abides, abides in me. Abides in you. Ab- I'm d- that blows me away. It's like, wait a minute. The same power. What, whoa, why am I struggling? What, what, what in the world are we struggling for, Christians? What are we struggling for? Oh, we're struggling because we don't know who we are all the way. We're struggling because we have not renewed our mind all the way. It's a process. We need shoulders to shoulders to walk with. I get it. I'm not cond- There's no condemnation. I'm not condemning you. But what I am here tonight to tell you is you have a new starting point, a new reference point. Well, you don't know my issue. You're right, but do you have resurrection life? Do you have resurrection power? Angie, do you have resurrection power in you? Then what problem can stand against that? Nothing. I mean nothing. Oh my goodness, are you kidding me? Oh, we, we need, I'm telling you, this church is going to need a bigger building. Oh, we better start worrying about how we're going to fundraise. We better start worrying about if enough people are going to, going to tithe and offer. Oh, no, 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 no. This church has resurrection life. Oh, we're, this, it's starting all from a new level. Woo! Thank you, Jesus, for resurrection life. Thank you, Thank you, Jesus, that resurrection life and power is going to overtake this city and overtake this state and go into the nation and go into the world. It's the will of God. It's the will of God. I lost where I was at. Thank you, Jesus. At the the resurrection life, whoever believes in me shall not die, but he shall live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? He's asking you tonight. She said, Yes, Lord, I do believe that you are the Christ. You're the Son of God who is coming into this world. Mm. Verse 28 When she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, Hey, Mary, the teacher is here and he's calling for you. What do you do when the teacher's calling for you? What do you do when the Messiah, the Son of the living God, is calling for you? What are you going to do? I tell you what, we need to follow after Mary. Boy, oh boy, do we need to follow after Mary. Sits at his feet, spends time with him, soaks in him, gets refreshed in him, and at the same time when he calls for her, she goes running. Look at it. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to Him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where, the, where Martha had met Him. I'm going to skip down to 32. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw Him, she fell at His feet saying to Him, Lord, <laughs> it's like, sisters, let sisters be sisters, Lord, if You had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. But look at the difference of reaction of Jesus. When Jesus saw her weeping, when, I'm going to say it like this. When Jesus sees you weeping, hmm, when was the last time you wept with God? Jesus, who had come with her, or the Jews who had also come with her, was also weeping. He was deeply moved, Jesus was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Now, people who have tough times with, with mem- like memorizing Scripture verses and stuff like that, I'm going to bless you, I'm going to bless you, I'm going to bless you. If you have a tough time rem- remembering Scripture verses, this is the one. Start with this one. John eleven thirty five. 35, Jesus wept. And then we go to verse 36. So the Jews said, see how he loved him? Now, guys, this is important. If you're going to go out and and be disciples of Jesus Christ, and you're going to go and you're going to do the will of the Father, you're going to be obedient. And when he calls you, you're going to go running. See how he loved him? But some of them said, could he not who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? There's always that guy. There's always that group of people that are like, oh, well... If Jesus was really alive, and if he's really real and not some fake or fable or fairy tale that you made up in your mind and believe, then why does he allow bad things to happen? There's always that group. There's always that group. Jesus could have stopped right there. He was a man just like you and me, but he didn't. He continued on. Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave. A stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone, Martha. The sister of the dead man... God bless her heart again. I mean, Jesus just told her what to do, and here's Martha. The sister of the dead man said, Lord, but by this time there's going to be an odor. He's been dead four days. Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? Look, I'm telling you right here, this, this scripture verse, we could stop right here tonight, go into prayer all night, and we would see the glory of God. There is so much power in that verse that the, the team that went to Africa with us knows this verse. It's going it's to mean something new to the people that went to Africa with us than ever before. I'm going to try not to cry. So, on the day that Avery came from lifeless to life, Pastor Joseph said while he, was, while he was praising God, he looked over and he saw a cloud of glory come down upon him and, and just encircled myself and, and Avery. And he said he saw two angels with swords that looked like they were ready to operate and Jesus standing beside her. See, when we preach the gospel, Pastor Doug was preaching the gospel. He ignored her when she got dropped off. They're like, hey, 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 hey. Get your eyes back up here. We're going to preach the word. And then signs and miracles and wonders will happen. Don't even worry about it. She'll be fine. Do not look at her again. And then he went on teaching. Signs, miracles, and wonders. It's our lifestyle. But this blows me away after living through that experience. Did I not tell you that if you believed You would see the glory of God. I don't know if that was a sign, miracle, or wonder, Pastor. Uh, (laughs) Please elaborate. But Jesus said you would see the glory of God. Pastor Joseph saw the glory of God when we were praying for Avery and heaven came to earth. Heaven came to earth. And the glory of God surrounded her and I. That verse will never be the same for me ever again. So they took away the stone and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Hmm. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this on account of the people standing standing around. Again, you guys have got to realize who our Father is. You've got to realize he's a show off. I am completely convinced that God's a show-off. He made my wife. Just saying, convinces me, he made golf courses. He made mountains. He made you. He made me. He's a show-off. And he loves to be shown off when there's unbelievers around. Oh, man. Does he love to be showed off when there's unbelievers around? Mm, mm, mm. And, and Jesus knew there were unbelievers around because he heard them. Oh, if he was really this, then, I mean, if he healed blind eyes and, and, and all this, he could have saved him from being dead. So Jesus said, ah, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. See, he knew who his Father is. The Father always hears you. He always hears you. It doesn't matter what you feel like. It doesn't matter if you're in your living room, and I know we've all probably been there, where it feels like your prayers aren't going past the ceiling. He hears you. I knew that you always hear me. Thank you, Jesus. But I said this on account of the people standing around. He's messing with them. Jesus is cool. That they may believe that you sent me. And when he said these things, he cried out with a loud voice. He could have went in. Jesus could have went in. He could have went into the tomb, laid hands. Hey, yo, Lazarus, dude, you got to get out. There's people out here. Lazarus, get up. Come on, come with me. But the, all those doubters would have said, oh, they, he gave chest compressions. He gave CPR. I mean, I don't know if they had all that back then. <laughs> but today people would say that. Oh, he had, he had a pill in his pocket. Do you know your daddy well enough where you can sit back? And I know there's been there was a there was somebody that came to me last year and said, "Hey, Pastor Bill, you seem very overconfident um, and a little bit cocky and arrogant with God." And I go, "Oh, really? What's bothering you about that?" (laughs) Like it's not me. I can't heal somebody. It's Jesus in me. It's Jesus in you. And I know who my daddy is. And I figure this. I'm going to put him, as much as I can, my human mind can think about it, I want to put him in as awkward as positions as he puts me in. <laughs> hey, 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 son, you know what I want you to do? I want you to um, get face to face with that girl laying on the mat. Uh that one? Miss Amy was probably dying laughing. She probably was interceding and laughing seeing this. Because a fly flies out of her nose. And then fly flies out of her ear, and she's got dirt and stuff all in her hair and in her underarm hair. And, and I'm kind of a clean dude. And so I figure, you know what, God? You put me in a lot of awkward positions. So I may jump sometimes and just be like, God, I know you're there because I'm going to put you in it. And you have to show up because it's who you are. See, I'm not cocky or arrogant. I know who my daddy is. And I know he wants you well. Uh, he wants me well. It's just, are we ready to be steadfast in it? Are we ready, ready to be immovable? Are we ready to take it to the streets? Are we ready to take it to the, to the old folks' home with, with Sister Christy to go preach? Are we ready to take it downtown to feed the bums? Are we ready to do that? To call it out from, from outside of a cave and say, hey, no, 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 no. You Mito, in Jesus' name, be healed right now. Never again will you feel shortness of breath or chest pain ever again. Done. Jesus did it, and he lives in me, he lives in you, so why shouldn't we be doing it? So he cries out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! And the man with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth, Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. Unbind him. He came out. You know, in, again, in my mind, and even in, in the Passion Translation, it said he, he, he kind of shuffled or hopped like a penguin. I mean, he was bound up. He was alive but bound up. You need to get this. He was alive but bound up. You're alive. Are you bound up? I don't know. Personal question, let Holy Spirit work with you. Uh, Yeah, Jesus. Mm. Let him go. Grab that cloth that, that was in your seat. Grab that. Who doesn't have one? Raise your hand if you do not have one. Ushers, if we can get them, get them one, please. Ooh, whoa! <laughs> whoa! They're coming. This is mine. I'm not perfect. They stuck this over Lazarus' face and even Jesus' face and they would, wrap, they would wrap their dead with linen. We're going to spend a couple moments here and we're going to ask Holy Spirit Mickey if you can get up and, and do your thing. That's our southern talk to each other. I'm not from the south, but I wish I was. We're going to ask Holy Spirit. We were not made to live to be bound up. We were not made to live in prison cells. We were made to live cageless, free. Walk in the life that the Father had called out for you. He has it planned out for you. but every so often because of our decisions because of we live in a fallen world because our minds aren't fully renewed yet sometimes every so often it just kind of we, we mess up and it starts restricting our movement and, and this stuff is kind of messy I mean check it out I moved it from my pocket but yet there's still a little particle there that was unplanned, just so you know. <laughs> Guys, the word says that we must humble ourselves. And when we do, oh my goodness. You know, I was, I was teaching on Daniel last night in, in, in Bible college. He humbled himself for 21 days. No food, no drink, nothing. For 21 days. And heaven showed up with a message. And then he lived in freedom he carried out what that message was you've been called out to carry a message of reconciliation but every time we do something we carry a grave clothes lazarus came out alive but still wrapped in dead cloth that was restricting his movements I don't know how you walked in, but I know what Holy Spirit put on my heart for this service tonight. He does not want any of us, not one single one, not one, not one, to walk out of those doors the same way we walked in. He wants us to walk out free. He wants us to walk out. (sighs) Can you imagine what, (laughs) can you imagine what you would do if you were dead and you came back to life, and he sent his friends. See, he didn't just speak. He sent disciples. He sent fellow friends along and said, here, I'll I'll remove that for you because you can't because you're bound up. Now you go and you help. That's what we're doing tonight. So we're going to spend just a couple moments in prayer and ask Holy Spirit to, to reveal to you, what is that? And I'm not trying to put anything on you. Amen? So let's get, let's get into that and do that for the next couple minutes. It's going to be quicker than you, uh, you'd ever imagine. Some of you probably already got it. Alright? Thank you, Holy Spirit. You reveal. You convict. You comfort. But tonight we humble ourselves because where you want to take us is greater, is greater, is greater, is is deeper. We need more freedom for where you're calling us. We need more movement for where you're calling us. (laughs) We need more movement for the people that you've called us to. For them to see that you're glorified in all that we do. And God, we are sick and tired of having this stuff attached to us. Stuck to our back maybe where we can't get it off and we need help. Well, tonight's the night. Tonight's the night that you walk out of here different than ever before. Because we are here together. Holy Spirit, I expect and everyone here expects that when they're instructed to come up and drop this off and as they walk past it, ha -ha, it is stripped from them. Being free forevermore. Never looking back. (laughs) I <laughs> never being condemned of it, for we only hear the Father's voice. The freedom that you oh, the freedom that you gave on that cross of Calvary, Jesus, I thank you, in the resurrection life, and power that dwells inside of each of us as believers, we will walk in it forevermore. In Jesus' name, Amen. If you if you have something, and I'm not perfect. Don't claim to be. I'm striving to be. We're going to do this in a very orderly way. Very orderly. And I know that surprises you. I'll wait. Very orderly way. If you're, if you're, on, this, if you're on this side, if you're on this side, I just want you to, to go back towards the, ush, the back wall and form a line. And we're going to come up this aisle right here, the east aisle, and we're going to just one by one in a very, it's like uh, with preschoolers. Single file with reverence. Stay in the spirit. With reverence, we're going to walk up one by one. And I'm dropping that junk, that thing that's been attached and little pieces, maybe too, And it's staying there as I walk by. And I'm not ever looking at it again. I will never be condemned of it again. I will walk in freedom, washed with the blood, the resurrection life that lives inside of you. And we'll go right back through. Now here's the kicker. Myself, Pastor, Pastor Doug, and Brother Wade are going to be up here. And it, will, and it will, will be across from each other. And we're just going to lay hands on you as you walk through. This is not a stop and receive prayer. Please hear me. It is not a stop and receive prayer. That's not what the Holy Spirit showed me. It is us laying, laying our hands on you. And trust me, the, the anointing and the Holy Ghost. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Jesus. Let him do his thing. Understood? Amen. Let's do this.